0: Haggai 1 says, In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Cerebabel, the son of Shootel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, um, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus say of the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. So I'm to preaching to you on this morning, consider your ways. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earned wages, who put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain, and bring wood, and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Ye look for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shoatel and Joshua the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the words of Haggai the prophet, As the Lord their God had sent him, and the people did fear before the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray, Lord, for um, the declaration of your word, that you'd give clarity of thought as we give distinctly what your word teaches. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The primary theme of Haggai is the rebuilding of God's temple. And um, after the Jews end up being able to get freed... From, from the Babylonian captivity, they, they, they were able to get back to their homeland. But they never took thought to rebuilding the temple of the Lord, the house of God. It had been lying in ruins since its destruction by Nebuchadnezzar in 586 B.C. The people in Jerusalem had stopped focusing on the importance of building the temple. The temple was not significant um, because it was merely a building. It was significant because that's where the Shekinah glory of the Lord would come and meet the people. For the prophet Haggai, the Lord exhorted the people to renew their efforts to build the house of the Lord. In um, New Haggai, the rebuilding of the temple was not an end of itself. The temple represented, again, God's dwelling place, his manifest presence in, with his chosen people, the destruction of Nebuchadnezzar, followed by the departing of the dwelling of the glory of God. And so to the prophet, the rebuilding of the temple was to invite God's presence Back in the midst of the people. And using this historical situation as a springboard, Haggai revealed in the supreme glory of the ultimate messianic temple yet to come. In chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill the house with glory, say of the Lord of hosts. A prophecy that in the end times, that during the millennium, that that the people of all around the nations would come to Jerusalem to see the Messiah, to see the Christ that is yet to come when he returns again. And we see he encouraged them with with the promise of even greater peace. Um, in verse 9 and prosperity in verse 19 and divine rulership in 221 and a national blessing during the millennium in 223. And we'll get we'll get there a little bit later. But, you know, Vance Havner said this. The task of the preacher is to afflict or, or is to comfort the afflicted. Part of the role of a pastor it is to comfort those that are afflicted. And he goes on, and to afflict the comfortable. And sometimes we get so comfortable in our Christianity. Oh, yeah, we're saved by grace through faith alone. Sometimes we stop there. That's how we're saved, indeed. We are not saved by any of the works of the law, we are saved by grace through faith alone. But Ephesians 2.10 says, we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Because we're saved, we ought to be involved in serving God. Here, with Haggai, he, we see that he, he, he's telling them, he's confronting them for their disobedience. That they had their sealed houses. They had their nice, fancy houses that they would go to. But in the meantime, the house of God lied at waste. It was destroyed. It was not um, being taken care of. And he tells them, consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Does say of the Lord of hosts. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Here talks about that, that you eat. But you don't ever have enough. You drink. But you are never satisfied. That you go. You work hard. You earn wages. But it's as of It falls in the bag with holes. Put your money in there, and then it's gone. And then Haggai answers the question, why is this? Why is it that people, they're they're working hard. They're working hard to provide a living, to take care of themselves. And yet, it seems like it all goes in vain. And we read on. Uh, uh, We we see, he tells them in verse 8, Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build a house and I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, say of the Lord. And then he says, ye look for much and lo, it came to little. And when he brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why? Say the say of the Lord of hosts. Okay? That they go, they try it and prosper. But it seems like the prosperity just ends up waning away. And it says that, I blew upon it. This is an action of the Lord. And it says, why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste. And when you run every man unto his own house... Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. So again, they work so hard, and yet they suffer loss. God tells them why. Yes, you're working hard. You're doing all you can to earn your wages. But it says in the bag with holes. It goes away. And he's telling them, your priorities are messed up. The house of God lieth at waste. They're not rebuilding the temple. They're not taking care of the house of God. They all have their own things to do. You know, it kind of, in a way, it could sound familiar. Here we do have a building, and we're striving to take care of it. Well, you know, you talk, think about, you know, many times people, they're church attendants. A lot of times the excuse is, I'm just busy. I'm focused. I'm, I'm working a lot of overtime. I'm fo- focused on this. I, I, I need to raise the family. and and, I, and Or I have these activities. I got these things I need to do. These recreations. While well, the house of God lieth at waste. While well, they forsake the assembling of themselves together. Which the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. As the manner of some is. But assorting one another provoking unto love and good works. But so often the excuse is, I need to get caught up. Man, I'm sinking in debt. I can't be at church Sunday. I'm too busy. But it's as their money goes in the bag with holes. And they keep trying to get caught up, but they can't get caught up. Why? Because God chastens His children. He blows upon it. You're working hard for all these things, but the house of God is of no importance to you. That's what he's telling the people. And they're saying, this is why all this happens. The chastening of the Lord. The the, the drought. The reason the earth was not bearing fruit like it once was here in the land of Israel was because they had forsaken the house of the Lord. And so he told them to build the temple, to take care of the physical building. And that's where here we strive, as the Lord enables. We want to keep improving even our physical building. And so we want to try and make it so it doesn't smell mildewy or musty when, we, when people walk in. We want to make it where the doors aren't rotting and decaying. You think of any business. They're taking care of their buildings, at least real good, successful ones. They want to leave a good impression. And this is not making an impression about to say, hey, look at how good we are, how nice we are. But to show how good God is. You know, in our own homes, typically we want to do the best. Now, of course, sometimes we may be limited on funds, or but we make the best of what we have. But we should not neglect the house of God. This is what we see that they did in Israel. They neglected the house of God while they enjoyed their own houses. You know, if we're a church, to run, to, 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 to do well, it takes Producers. Not consumers. It's a church getting involved, producing, not just coming and seeing like, oh, you know, what? I'm coming. I want to hear a motivational speech. I want to feel good about myself. Preacher, tell me about how wonderful I am and how I could live my best life. And you know, what? and then I'll be in church again next month. And uh, and just make me feel good. The Bible talks about the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. You know, there are times where the messages are to comfort the afflicted. But there is times where the the, comfort, it needs to be afflicted. We need to be stirred to action. We can easily get caught up in our own life circumstances that we miss out on what's the most important. We lose sight of the concept that we were created to bring glory to God. Turn to Revelation 4. Revelation 4. Revelation 4 in verse 11 says, "Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor, And power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. You're created for His glory. So often we miss this, that we spend our life for our own glory, for what what makes us happy, um, and, and what makes us feel good. But we are here to serve God. To, to, to be involved in His glory. And He gives peace. He gives joy to those that are faithfully following the Lord. You know, life runs at a fast pace. And if we aren't intentional about focusing our lives to the glory of God, we'll easily lose our priorities. Today in society, everyone is faced with hundreds of choices, tons of options. We live in a consumer-driven culture, where you can have your choice of anything and everything you desire. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that concept has crept into the culture of the church. That the church, they just want me to tell you, what do I have? Um, What children's programs does the church have? Um, What kind of nursery does the church have? What kind of facilities do they have? Do they have a school for my kids? And really, instead of asking, you know what, what is there in for me? Maybe we could ask a question, you know what, how could we be involved in having ministries for the children? How could we be involved in reaching out, taking care of, um, the, of the elderly in nursing homes? Being producers, being proactive. Instead of just coming, what can I get out of church? Come and sort one another. To get involved. Get involved in, um, as your health enables, in, in the remodeling and taking care of the house of God. That, um, the place that we meet. In an issue of the Leadership Journal, uh, Marshall, Marshall Shelley said this. Churchgoers may seek a life-changing experience, but only if it doesn't affect their lifestyle. That's what we will look for. That's why people want to go to the large, already established churches. They want to be able to come in, creep in, and then disappear without being seen or without really being noticed. They have the programs for them. And Praise be to God. Do you know what? The larger church, it started out small at one time. For people being faithful, serving the Lord, able to eventually have those things. And you know what? You know, I know people sometimes say, you know, oh, I I like this church because it's a small church. Um, Because it's family. You know, praise the Lord for that. But we should always be striving to grow. Healthy things grow. Now, yeah, there are seasons. You know, you look at the vegetation, many of the trees. They wither, they fade. And then there's another season of new growth. You know, that's what it's sometimes like in church. It seems like sometimes the church is the church of the revolving door. People come in, people go out. People come in, people go out. And go look for another church or whatever it may be. And you know, it's always probably going to be that way. But it's my prayer that we'd be a church that would multiply disciples. That it would not be just addition and subtraction. Now, again, there's going to be seasons of that. And that's where we ought to be careful where, where that doesn't discourage us from the work of the Lord. You know, there's a world that's dying and going to hell. They need Jesus. And the only way they're going to know is if someone sent, someone goes and shares the gospel with them. And so we need to be producers and not just Consumers. Yes, the temptation is we want our life just to be comfortable. We want to meet our needs and our desires of little consequence. We like to talk about God and His blessings. But too often we're afraid to deal with the requirements of following God. You know, we see there is a, there needs to be a committed, a committed obedience. As we do see in verse um, 12... Um, it talks about the people did fear the Lord their God, and, 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 and or that they came and they served, they served God and they rebuilt the temple. But at first, many live as if the time is not come. Verse 2. It says, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Well, yeah, you know, it's not time. Maybe one day, maybe one day it'll be important. Maybe one day it will be important to be involved in the church, but just not yet. Uh, Different excuses we can make. But to give glory to God, we need committed obedience. And there needs to be committed laborers. Committed laborers. Laborers that come, get involved, serve the Lord. Whether it be in remodeling the building, going out soul winning, um, following up on people, visiting people, visiting the sick, visiting those that are afflicted. Um, helping prepare a meal for a workday, day. Um, helping you clean the church, the sanctuary, that the house of God could be clean. All kinds of ways. But we must be laborers. We must be committed even financially. You know, go ahead and turn your first Chronicles. First Chronicles 22. two. First Chronicles 22, verse 5. This was the temple before the temple got destroyed and they needed another one. And verse 5 says, And David says, Solomon, my son, is young and tender, and the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceeding magnifical of fame, and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David made prepared abundantly before his death. You know, oftentimes, sometimes people have the mentality of church facilities of, you know what, we'll just do what we can just to get by. Thank you, son. I, I now have it hidden back here. Thank you, son. That's good got two. This one's colder, thank you. <coughs> My son is trying to poison me. <coughs> trying to tell me to get done. <coughs> but we see David's attitude with the building of the Lord, which that would be exceeding magnificent. Yeah, it would be great. <coughs> for um Chapter 29. Verse 1. It says, Furthermore more, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things of silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, on stones and stones to be set, glycerin stones, and of divers colors, and all manner of precious stones, and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Here David, as king, is a leader. says, I am personally going to invest in the house of my God. Why? Because I have set my affection to the house of my God. And then in verse 9, it says, Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly Because with perfect heart, they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. The people got involved. They got involved in laboring. You know, when it says, um, go build the house, go get wood. That takes labor. That takes work. It takes cost. And here we see these people had their affection set to the house of God. Back in Haggai, see the people at first, again, they were working hard for themselves. And it was as a bag, they earned wages to put it into a bag with holes. And he said, and says, why? Because you have let the house of my God lie at waste. It was a failure to put God first. You know, to fail to put God first is to bring unnecessary struggles in our life. You must understand that God uses consequences in our lives to help us to understand that He wants us to continually seek to honor Him and follow after Him. God's discipline in our lives is for our benefit. Revelation 3.19, Jesus said to the church, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. You know, Haggai is telling the Jews, the Israelites, that your apathy has set in. The zeal is gone. commands them, you know what, build that zeal back up. Have that zeal be zealous for the things of God. We never get caught up when we put God last. So often, that's what we do. Like, you know what? If we got time, we'll give time for the Lord's work. Jim Elliott, missionary, said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Or as Jesus said it in Matthew sixteen twenty four, says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So if our life, rather than putting God last, well, you know what? The people that probably need this message the most are the ones not here. Okay? Okay. But we ought to be reminded of this, lest this creep into our own life. And it's possible to come and sit and be in church and really not be engaged. Come, but more as a consumer than a producer. First, go ahead and turn to First Timothy 3.15. Actually, instead, go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians 2. I'll read 1 Timothy. Ephesians 2. Okay, here, or before, Haggai's talking about the physical building where God would come and dwell with his glory. But you know what? Our focus is to be the spiritual building of God. 1 Timothy 3.15 um, talks about how ye ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The house of God in the New Testament is the church. And now praise God for the building that we have to meet in. Many places, churches are needing to rent places or trying to find a place or having to pay a mortgage on a place. Thank God we don't have a mortgage at this church. The church has been here for 124 years. Uh, um, the building's not been that long. It's been here since 1972, or I believe. But um, the building is not the church itself. The assembly is the house of God. Ephesians 2, and verse 19, it says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, grow up unto an holy temple in the Lord, and whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. The church, the assembly, being fitly framed together, we are the building of God. Of your are saved, you're born again. The Bible talks about how the Spirit of God dwelleth in you because ye are the temple of the Lord. That's why we ought to take care of the temple. Just as, you know, Israel was to take care of the physical temple, we are to take care of our temple that God has given us of our body. Go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 3. Verse 8, it says, Now he that plant of, and he that water of are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. Ye are God's building. No, you know, when I use this the word ye, is pearl. Thee and thou's. No, people say, King James, hard to understand because of these and thou's. Okay, well, let me explain it to you. It means you in a singular form. Ye means you in a plural um, form. And he's saying ye. Ye is a church body or the building or God's building. According to the grace of God was just given unto me. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another up thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, or we see wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because this shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide what she have built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. And here, you know, in other passages we see that, you know, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Here we're seeing it with ye that with a plurality that ye are the building of God. And that we're you build upon this. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. We see the apostles and prophets as the foundation. But where do you build thereupon? Gold, silver, precious stones speaking of things that will last would it hay and stubble if that's what our works are compared to it burns up Bible talks about how will be at, believers will be at the judgment seat of Christ and we'll give an account for our works okay now this isn't talking about salvation you're already saved you're already if you're already saved you're in Christ but this is the judgment according to your works. Is it wood, hay, and stubble? And it's just going to burn up? Maybe there wasn't any works. Maybe there wasn't the right motive in the works we did. Or is it going to be gold, silver, precious stones? When it goes through the fire, it's purified. It withstands. And it's the reward the Lord gives us and we're able to give unto the Lord. says, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. You don't lose your salvation, because you're not doing works. But your works will be burned. It will have been unprofitable. And you know what? How do we add gold, silver, precious stones? It's not talking about adding gold to the pulpit or adding silver. But you know, you had Jesus. You had the apostles, the prophets. We add by seeing more people added to the Lord. Turning, many, turning people to righteousness. Daniel talks about those that turn many to righteousness. Shall shine as the stars in heaven. Bible says, he that win of souls is wise. And we're to be adding to God's kingdom through sharing and preaching the gospel to others. That's how we're to take care of the building, adding to it. Go ahead and go back to Haggai, and we'll close with this. We see there's a the future messianic building, the building that Christ will dwell. Haggai 2, in verse 6, says, For thus say of the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, say of the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, say of the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, say of the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, say of the Lord of hosts. Speaking. Not of this temple they were building, but a temple that would come in the latter days. That Jesus will come and rule and reign in Jerusalem with a rod of iron. And and, and that many all over the nations will come and worship before the Lord Jesus Christ here on earth. Chapter 2, verse 21. It says, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth, and I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms, and I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen, and I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them, and the horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother." In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, will I take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shehotel, say saith the Lord, and I will make thee as a signet, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. Here, saying a signet, I was like the king or the governor would often they would have a ring, and then they would push it in some kind of soft clay, and then it would harden, and it would be a sill or a symbol that it was done in the authority of the Lord, or or, or their authority, um, so to speak, that it was in the king's authority. He says that he is using him as the type, a picture of the Christ to come. He will come and rule and reign. And the Bible says the saints will come and rule and reign with him. When I say saints, I'm not talking about just, you know what someone, the Roman Catholic Church, declared this person a saint? No. If you're a believer in Christ, you've called upon Him as your Savior, you're a saint. You're either a saint or innate. Okay? And if you're innate, if you don't know if you have eternal life this morning, if you don't know if you were to die today, Norma, if you go ahead, please come play the organ. More important than the building of here, these external buildings, is the spiritual building where you're at. The only way to be part of the spiritual building is to call upon Jesus Christ as your Savior. Believe on His death. And when He died for you, He became an atonement. Which means he became a covering for your sins, and we all come short of the glory of God because we are all sinners. You know we don't want to, lie to have the house of God be at waste. Well, we don't want you, your spiritual body, or or do not to to not be saved. We want to see the kingdom of God built, added. People come into faith in Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus is your own Savior, all heads bowed, eyes closed, please. If you don't know Jesus is your own Savior, if you don't know 100% sure that you have eternal life, that you're going to heaven, but you would like to know, please signify by a raise of hand. know let me know and talk to you after service to show you from the Word of God how you could have eternal life. Okay, No hands. I'm going to assume that you know all of you are believers. Part of the house of God. Let's not let the house of God lie at waste. Let's not waste our life just on our own pleasures. Now God does give us pleasures to enjoy. It's a gift from God. Well, God desires us to enjoy life. Now there may be times where we don't. I don't think the apostles necessarily were like, woohoo, I'm getting burned at the stake. Well, we gotta count the costs. Take up our cross and be willing to follow Him. And even in the midst of great tribulations in our life, we can have the peace, the joy of God. I faithfully follow Him. It says, He that will lose his life saves his life. Give it all for the Lord. In the world you come, there will be great reward.